0: All right, uh, well let's um, go to the Lord in prayer and then let's, let's dive in real quick. As we've been going through uh, the book of Ephesians, we're going to uh, take a break from it tonight and um, I'll be doing this Wednesday and next Wednesday and just um, thinking about uh, what, what the Lord would want me uh, to teach on. And so um, I went to the book of 1 Corinthians where we had been uh, in Sunday school, uh, starting in verse 15. And so let me pray, and then we'll, we'll dive in. Father, we love you so much. We are just so uh, grateful uh, for your kindness towards us, Lord, and uh, we thank you for your word. Oh Lord, and I pray that you would use it to uh, strengthen your body, uh, whether they are uh, here with us uh, in the sanctuary or at home watching. Lord, I pray that uh, you would use my words, uh, that you would strengthen uh, and edify uh, your name. Oh Lord, I love you so much, and I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, uh, as we go to verse, uh, chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, uh, I want to kind of give you just a little kind of idea of where we are in scripture. Uh, This is Paul who is writing this letter uh, to the Corinth church. Uh, Corinth is a very transient uh, location where uh, no one is really kind of, this is their hometown. They have moved here uh, to kind of uh, make, make a way for themselves. Uh, Paul kind of comments on that in the very beginning of chapter 1, uh, of talking of none of them being from noble births. And, and the reason that is, is if you're of a noble birth, well, you have inheritance. You have a right to uh, land uh, where you are from. And so these people have come Uh, to kind of, in a sense, make it on their own, Uh, and God has called them to himself, and he is uh, using Paul to help shape them in the gospel as they continue to follow him in the land of Corinth, which is a very uh, difficult land, Uh, but as we know, it doesn't matter uh, the land that we're in. Uh, It can be very difficult to follow christ sometimes and so uh, as we uh, listen to the word of god and and die to self as we uh, go into his word and so we're going to just hang in the first four four verses of uh, first corinthians chapter 15 and so let me let me read for us it says now i would remind you brothers of the gospel I preach to you which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with Scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And so as we go in and we see Paul saying, I remind you, brothers, of the gospel." And so throughout this this letter, we are seeing him refine the church at Corinth in different issues that were going on within the church. Whether we start out with him uh, trying to uh, not have there be division among them, with uh, saying, "Well, who do you follow? Peter, or do you follow Apollos, or do you follow me?" And so. There, there was constant issues from within the church or misunderstandings. And so he's hitting us here just like he started the letter to where he says, I am only, in chapter 1, it says in verse 17, it says, For Christ did not send me to baptize but to preach the gospel And not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And so he kind of starts the letter with this, and then he goes to end it with this. And then he puts in the middle of it, All these different issues, in a sense, that are arising in the church. And so, um, as we look at this, as he is reminding them of the gospel, let's jump over to verse 3 and see what the gospel is. And so, we see the gospel in verse 3, and we allow, and we have Paul to tell us, For I delivered you as of first importance. And so, have we ever been so frustrated with the secondary things, right? Whether it be looking at our, at our children from just one incident that had happened or a coworker from one instance that had happened, and, and God reminding us and taking us and saying, okay, let's remember what the main thing is. What is of first importance? And, and in a scholarly speech, we would talk about it being like a, a first-tier issue, a second-tier issue, a third-tier issue. And so this is addressing a first-tier issue. Like you cannot be among the body of Christ if we do not line up with these things that we are going to speak to, okay? And so he goes into that and he says, I have preached to you this gospel, So, but what is this gospel? It says that he received. So it's not only him discerning this or spitting it out to us, but he received it himself. And that he believes in this in which he is about to say. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with Scripture. Which we see him being born of the Virgin Mary. uh, Lived a perfect and sinless life. And died for our sins. Okay? In accordance with Scripture. And it says that he was buried And that he was raised on the third day in accordance with Scripture. And as we see him through the Gospels, he turns his attention and his disciples all get upset when he turns his attention to the cross and saying, I must go and die and be buried and resurrected from the grave. They wanted him to set up his kingdom here and we have to remember that to keep this a first-tier issue to us, of first importance to us as the people of God, we must not look at the temporal but to what's to come. Okay? And so that is the beauty of the gospel. No one will refute that Jesus was here on this earth, historians, non-believers, and that he died. But the dispute is, is if he is resurrected from the grave and we as believers believe that he is resurrected from the grave and will resurrect us to himself and we will all be resurrected whether we believe this or not on the true judgment day. And we will be called out and and judged for our bad deeds and for our good deeds. But will we have Christ standing in our behalf, interceding as the propitiation for our sins? Okay? And so this is the first importance. Okay? And so we need to know as, as there are so many things in this day that we can disagree on. When we see a comment that somebody makes on social media or that they say to our face or whatever the case may be, that we sift it through the filter of the gospel. And we don't just judge by these one secondary issues that were not specifically on the page. Whether you believe that we should be wearing masks inside or not if we should be having an outdoor service while the cases continue to grow, those are secondary issues to the gospel. Are we handling that? If you do have a problem in that instance, are we coming and addressing them to one another like Scripture tells us in Matthew 18? If we feel wrong that we need to address one another instead of starting to whisper behind one another's backs... And to think, in a sense, that we are judge and know what's best. Because we constantly have to sift this through the gospel. And I believe this is one of the reasons why the Lord wanted me to teach on this specific text. So that we could see, are we evaluating what is going on around us through the gospel Or have the secondary and thirdary issues become of first importance to us? And we need to make sure and check our hearts to make sure that, that we're not bending off of these things and sifting everything. No matter what lens you come from, it has to come through the gospel, okay? And so let's go back. And see what he, what he goes into. It says, so we know what the gospel is. We know what we must stand on. And so it says in verse 1, I preach to you which you received. Okay? So we're going to hang on received and in which you stand and by which you are being saved. Okay? So received. That is you hearing the glorious gospel, God snatching you out of darkness into his glorious light, sealing you with the Holy Spirit, and justifying you on the day of judgment when you will stand before him and leading you with that comforter throughout life here on this earth. Okay? That is you receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? That's called justification. Now, in which you stand. And so, we can be justified. We can receive this glorious gospel, but we can sometimes not stand on it. There's a visual picture that God gives us of standing on the solid rock. Right? And and sometimes, even though we are justified, We can act like we are standing on sifting sand or that we're in James and we're being tossed by the waves of the sea to and fro, right? But we must stand firm on who he is, stand firm on the gospel which we received. And so as we have received this, now let's stand in it daily and not shift off, or if, oh, it's just this hot button that gets me, or, well, I've just kind of got anger issues, or this, right, and we just kind of give in to those things, well, guess what? We're not standing on the rock if we fall into those things well, I love everybody except for this specific co-worker that I work with, or I love everybody but that neighbor that just won't trim his bushes, right? I mean, we can justify and slide off of that rock and stand in shifting sand. Well, guess what? We're not standing with him anymore. We have shifted off of that. Okay, and so let's continue to fight for that, which is what we're gonna go into next, which is being saved. And so, being saved is thinking of like what Peter says of being refined by fire. Okay, God is the fire, and we are the gold that is poured in, and He bubbles us up and refines it off. We are the branches. He is the vine dresser that prunes us and refines us through that so that we may produce more fruit. Well, that being saved, that is waking up every morning and saying... I am going to follow Christ. I am going to allow him to refine me. I realize that I am still fallen. I have not arrived. I do not know everything. I can learn from the word of God, from my brothers and sisters in Christ, from the situations that he is putting me in so that I can become more like Christ. And in that, we have to hold fast to it is the next verse that he talks about. It says, If you hold fast to the word I preach to you. And when I think of the word hold fast, holding fast is not easy. Okay? Like, I'll be carrying something, like me, I'll just call Connor up and we'll move this pulpit. Not right now, I know you're willing. But we would hold this, and I would say, Hold fast. Hold on just a second. A little bit longer. Hold on, right? And this pulpit, as he holds it, continues to get heavier and heavier and heavier, right? And that's why we need to be taking it to him because we can't bear it. Through this, we have to continue to humble ourselves. We have to continue to decrease so that he would increase so that we aren't carrying all these burdens when connor comes to me or i go to connor and i say hey carry my burden with me and so fulfill the law of christ well we've got to take it to christ to fulfill that law we can't just pat each other on the back man thanks for sharing that with me but we must hold fast ...to these things and not think of them as being something that is so easy. So easy. And especially in our culture, we love to think of everything. If it's not easy, it's not worth doing. Or We're always coming up with an easier way to do something... Never a more difficult way to do something. But with Christ, he gives all. All good gifts come from the Father. And we must hold fast to him and stand on this solid rock that we have received unless you believed in vain. And we will not be doing these things. We will not be standing on the rock. We will not be continuing to be sanctified if we believed in vain. There will not be the power of the Holy Spirit that will be within us that will continue to refine us. And guys, let's hold fast to christ this world can be so frustrating and so hard sometimes but guys we have to hold fast and look to the hills from where our help comes from the maker of heaven and earth pray with me Father, we love you. We are so grateful for your kindness. Lord, we are thank you. Thank you for calling us out of darkness into your glorious light. Lord, we thank you for the strength through the Holy Spirit to stand on you and your death, burial, and resurrection, to keep it at the forefront of our minds and to continue to be sanctified and refined by you, the vine dresser and the fire. Lord, we are so grateful for who you are. Lord, and we just pray that you would continue to use your body here at Park Baptist Church for your honor and glory, not only here in our local community, but also to the nations. Lord, we love you so much, and I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, Well, we are going to have a...